0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman with you on a Thursday morning. We are so glad that you have decided to join us today. Great show coming up for you. We appreciate you guys listening to our podcast wherever you do, be it at supertalk.fm or wherever you're getting those podcasts from. We could not be happier that you're here with us. We love our listeners, especially our great servicemen and women out there. Taking care of us, we love our sponsor too. Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churning and Spoon Ice Cream. It's getting hot again. That was a little. That was a little taste of false fall. It's start. It's going to start heating up again. False fall was
1: like eighty nine degrees still.
0: It's, it, it was. It was. Maybe it wasn't even. Maybe, maybe we still have one more to come. Maybe there's one more tease to come. I don't know what what the good Lord has planned. But there's. It's it's heating up again. So, back off the pumpkin spice. Back to the ice cream and the iced hot chocolates. That's where we're going with this iced hot chocolate. That's that's a... That's a... What's the word? If
1: if, if you want to go with the correct menu term, it's frozen hot chocolate.
0: Fine then, but what's the word I'm looking for here? You know, it's like jumbo shrimp. What's the word? A paradox? It's a paradox. Yes. Business ethics. Yes. Yeah, okay.
1: I know what you're saying.
0: I'm going to use two words here. You're damned if you do, and you're damned (laughs) if you don't. Yeah, so... (laughs) Good show for you lined up. Brandon Marcello, Auburn Undercover, uh, 24-7, will join us just a little bit later to, uh, to talk about the Tigers. We're going to talk about the Tigers a lot here on this show. Let's look back a year ago, Joel. I'm pretty sure – first off, I remember those shows. Right after the Florida game, that's when I put all the sad music in front of the show, and we, we were all down in the dumps. And we were convinced that not only was it going to – this was, this was going to be a 6-6 six and six or worse kind of year, and we were – you know, Joe Moorhead, is it going to work? And then he just, not only did he beat them, he, I'll use Gus Malzahn's word, he embarrassed them. Completely dominated the game. Oh, by the way, ran the ball for almost 400 yards. Now, we look at this year, and we're sort of, I don't think, you know, State fans are in a better place. Coming off of a win, you know, you got two quarterbacks that you really like. You're throwing, the, you've been able to throw the ball effectively. That has happened this year. But you don't have that defense anymore. And that defense really set the tone of the year. So let's look at the big picture question, and then we'll start breaking it down a little further. Can Mississippi State beat Auburn on Saturday?
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you told me that we're sitting here on Monday doing the things that are true. Sunday. That's right. It'd be Sunday. Uh, if we do a Victory Sunday podcast, that's not a total shock to me. You know, I, I, I don't know that it's the likeliest of the outcomes. Um, you'll you'll find that out on my on my preview I'm sure or preview and prediction and all that whole nine yards here in a, a day from now but I I don't think it would floor anybody if state goes to the plains and wins right I mean are you is it, are you in that same camp one hundred
0: percent yeah it's <sighs> would I be surprised but I but shocked or and I was surprised I I was I was more surprised last year that state won than I will be if state wins on Saturday I'll put it that way. Yeah,
1: I think that's completely fair. Um, I mean, state has the pieces to, to really have a have a great day on the plains. Um, probably, what scares you more than anything is is the state defense against the Auburn offense. Right?
0: Is that scare that's, you? That's more? that's the question mark. That's where it, because they can run the football. Yeah. and the state has not shown the ability to really stop the run. You know, a season ago it was totally different. You felt confident in that ability in that group to stop the run. I don't have that confidence this year. Which leads me to my next question. Does State have to get into a shootout to win this? Do they got to put 30, 40 points on the board somehow? Which is going to be really tough to do against that Auburn defense.
1: When you first ask that question, my first thought is yes. It's going to have to be high scoring because for State Because you
0: look at Auburn and what they've done this year, they haven't been able to do much offensively against Power 5 or even you know, Tulane. They only scored 24 points. Um,
1: yeah, I think if State – so, sounds like a no duh statement, but if State can can put up a ton of points, well, what do you think is kind of the threshold? If I told you State scored blank, they win the game. What do you think State has to get to? Where? Do you, what's a number that I, I could tell you that State I, got I would, to? And I th- would
0: be willing to go in the low end and say thirty-one. I don't know that Auburn can get twenty-eight points, thirty points. I don't. I don't know that. So yeah, if they State, if, if you tell me State's going to get thirty-one points, they they they're going to at least. Either they won the game or something crazy happened and Auburn's were like 53. I don't know.
1: Okay, so we are we at the point now where we, at least, if we had to guess, think this is going to be a close game?
0: I think it's going to be a close game. The analytics think it's going to be a close game. I looked at uh, Bill Connolly's S&P. He has State losing this game by, by uh, six.
1: Okay, so I think that I have said in recent weeks that This is a game that State might should punt from the standpoint of don't play the suspended guys. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to lean towards State needs to play the suspended guys. What do you think? What say you, Brian Haydn? Because I think State can beat Tennessee
0: without said suspended guys. I would play the the, the suspended guys in this game. Now, with Autry, the problem is. If you play him in this game, he ain't got one more. It's over. No, he's got one more. He's got one more. more. And then that's probably going to be the egg bowl if I had to guess. But I, I think – I just said this. I was on a three-man front with Cole Kublik and Aaron Suttles and those guys. And I said I think the original plan was Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, will Miss. I'm taking Arkansas out of that. You can beat Arkansas without those guys. So do you want to play them here or do you want to play them against Texas A&M? Those, that's your question. I would say play them here. You've got to win. You're going to a bye week. You've got a chance to build some momentum here. Play them here. You know, because with A and M, I feel better about I feel better about stopping A and M's offense with whoever state wants to put out there versus Auburn's offense. Auburn can run the football. You need Autry, you need Gay in this game. I would play them in this game. Yep. I would.
1: I would too. I would too. I, I wouldn't have said that a few weeks ago, but I've changed my tune. Yeah. I, I think that state this is now. In my opinion, a very winnable game for State. Mm-hmm. Although they don't have a ton of success traditionally on the Plains, I think you go in guns blazing. Because if you win this game, we said it a day or two ago, you kind of reset your season. You get that win back that you lost against K-State. This would be a humongous mm-hmm. Just mind-altering win for this
0: team. And, it would change and everybody's perception.
1: And, and everything.
0: you get back the loss. Quite basically. frankly,
1: you'd be on track to maybe host game day here in a few weeks when, well, yeah, when LSU if comes beat to Tennessee,
0: down. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Uh, it changes the perception of everything. And as we all know, perception is reality. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it changes everything. Because, I mean, I think, I think most everybody expected this team to be 4-1 and one coming into the bye week, but losing this game. If you somehow win this game, I feel like the the, the Kansas State game is all but forgotten at that point. You just chalk it up as, you know, Stevens got injured in the middle of it, and we just... It's a true, you're right where you're supposed to be standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. So, I guess the question becomes, you know, how does State get points against this Auburn defense? And it's going to, I guess it's really going to depend on who the quarterback is. Now, you were on the teleconference today, and it sounds like... It's it's Stevens is, is progressing the way they want him to. We'll put it that
1: way. I think on maybe on the rumblings and, and maybe it was on our our Monday show, but uh, one of the so at some point this week, I told you that if I had to guess, although I wasn't confident in my guess, I would guess Garrett Trader would start. I think now, a few days later, after hearing Joe Moorhead say today that Tommy Stevens now looks kind of like the guy in camp and kind of like he did before the injury. And, I mean, we saw Tommy last night, uh, talked to Tommy last night. He ran with the ones, as did Garrett, uh, in practice on Tuesday. Um, and Joe, his comments today, just everything now that I've heard leads me to lean slightly towards Tommy. And, I mean, it's fifty-one forty-nine. It's right. It's right there at that edge. It's not like I'm declaring he's going to be the starter. But now, whereas two days ago I would have went the other direction, today I would – if you made me guess, I would guess Tommy.
0: This may sound like an odd an odd statement, but I think Tommy Stevens is the quarterback you need to win this game because I think you need to be able to throw the football more effectively. Not that Stevens wasn't, or not that Schrader wasn't really effective against Kentucky, but I, I, Stevens is the better passer. That, that that's just that's just a fact to me. So to get him out there would be big for Mississippi State because I think you need to be able to loosen up this Auburn defense. They're so good in the front four, and. I mean, they don't have, they're sort of where Mississippi State was a season ago. They don't have to blitz a lot. They can just let their front four get pressure. So you've got to be able to you know, find a way to get some big plays and to get those guys you know, thinking that, hey, if we get upfield too quickly. You know, State doesn't utilize a lot of screen game, but that could be effective in this situation. But I definitely think they need to find a way to get the ball out of Tommy Stevens' hands quickly. And Stevens, to me, is the guy to do that. Stevens is the guy who he'll take the quick pass, whereas I feel like Schrader... Sometimes has a little bit of that hero ball to him and he wants to try and make things happen. And that's a true freshman thing. And I don't have a problem with it. But I do but when Derrick Brown and company are bearing down on you, you gotta get rid of the football. Mm-hmm. And I think Stevens is a better better choice to do that.
1: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Um I do think still that uh if Tommy for whatever reason, I mean, if he's just ninety five percent don't play. Him.
0: Yeah, no, no, hundred He's gotta be a hundred percent hundred point zero zero. 100%. Because
1: I still think, while I, I've already declared on this here show today that I think this is a winnable game for State, I still feel like it's a free shot and that if you lose, nobody is disappointed.
0: Yeah. The other thing I, I would consider in this game is, uh, and, and, and Morehead's talked about it, playing two guys, playing them both at once. I think when you, if you're going to do that, here's how I would do it, is I'm having Schrader at quarterback and I'm putting Stevens in the slot. And that sets up some running plays for Schrader. But then that at some point that's going to set up a play action pass that's going to be open. Mm-hmm. You know, you go out there and you run him a couple of times here and there and then all of a sudden you are, you know, he's he's going to drop back. That somebody's going to be open. Somebody's going to be open. Or even if you did it the first time. Somebody they can put Schrader back there to run the football, but when they finally pass for him, that's the play where he he can make a big play. So this that, that 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 opportunity is there as well. State has to find offense in this game because as we've been saying, I don't trust MSU's defense fully to be able to stop this Auburn offense. Uh, they're, they're running the ball a lot more successfully than they did a season ago. Bo Nix has given them a, a, a dimension that Jarrett Stidham didn't have. Uh, they lo- it looks more like what Gus Malzahn wants to do on offense. So they haven't been incredibly successful. And you know, They scored, what, 26, on 27 on Oregon. They had 28 on, on Texas A&M. They had uh, 24 on Tulane. They, the only game they got big points was against Kent State. So, they haven't been, you know, this dominating force, but they're good enough to trouble Mississippi State.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you just said, man. It, it's they—they they haven't really exactly inspired just a load of confidence coming into this game, but, uh, but look, it, there's something about going to the plains that just, to me, years of following Mississippi State. There's that feeling in the pit of your stomach that something's just going to go wrong. Well, I mean, that's
0: just anywhere you go on the road, to be honest with you.
1: I know, but for me, for whatever reason,
0: Auburn maybe – Well, State's dropped some winnable games. Yeah. 11, 13, those were winnable games that Mississippi State you know, could have could have easily taken, but for a play or two. And, yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from with that. And, and, and the thing about Auburn is, you know, we've been saying it you know, with Malzahn. They haven't been dominant. Brandon Marcello, who you're who this interview in just a minute, and he points this out. This this game, if state wins it, the decade is five five. I mean, think about that. You know, think about what it was, what two thousand to two thousand nine. It, it should be, if I'm without thinking, it's got to be nine one, right? They won in t- no, yeah, they won in two thousand, and then they didn't win again the rest of the decade. Is that right? No, Only one in oh seven, yeah, so I mean, eight and two, eight and two. You know, and so yeah, state's been so competitive with Auburn, and we've talked about that before. That Auburn has this perception of. They, they're this dominant SEC program, and then since A and M joined the conference, they and State have the exact same conference record, and they have you know they split these games against each other. So, yeah, from, I, I get what you're saying though that State State could easily have two more wins against Auburn in this time frame, and both of those games would have been at Auburn, you know what six inches away with Chris Ralph, five seconds away with with uh, with t- 2013 against CJ Asomua, isn't that how you pronounce his name? I think that's right. We'll go with it. Sure. So. Well, I, I get where you're coming from. Let's talk to Brandon Marcello. Let's get his thoughts on this game from uh, Auburn's Undercover. Auburn Undercover. That's a 24-7 site. Their name makes complete sense. And we'll hear from uh, from Brandon right now. Time to talk about Auburn and Mississippi State's trip to the Plains this weekend. Brandon Marcello, who covers the Tigers for Auburn Undercover, their 24-7 site, which, is, of course, is a 24-7 site where the name makes sense. Glad to have you joining us here <laughs> on the program. There's an inside joke there. Uh... <laughs> Auburn this year, you know, when we talked back in the summer, I said I wasn't very high on them. They've surprised me. You know, they're 4-0. I thought they'd be 2-2 at this point, to be totally honest with you. Um, on yeah. your side of things, what have you seen from the Tigers that surprised you this far?
2: Yeah, I, you know, for me, it's just been the the poise by quarterback Bo Nix, the true freshman. He, he hasn't put up gaudy numbers but he's protected the ball. I mean, he hasn't had a turnover, I believe, at least you know through the air, since the first half of the Oregon game in the season opener. And when you don't turn the ball over, you give yourself a good shot, especially when you have a great defense like Auburn does. And what they've done is they've slowly implemented Bo Nix more into the run game here the last two weeks, and that sparked the offense a little bit. They went into the A&M game with, you know, A&M held Auburn, I think, to like 19 yards or 21 yards rushing last season. And they went into this game with an A and M defense that was in the top twenty defensively with against run, hadn't allowed you know many teams to do anything. In fact, they were averaging eighty three yards, I think, per game rush defense. And Auburn went in there and had ninety one yards after the first quarter, and of course, two touchdowns. And part of that was because they started doing some things on the outside with Bo Nix and some counter trays and buck sweeps that they weren't doing earlier in the season. So that's been the the key for them because the offense needs to continue to improve, but Bo Nix isn't making mistakes, so when they are struggling, at least they're not turning the ball over, and now that they're starting to get things rolling offensively, it's because they're allowing Nix to run, and Nix is a really fast guy. I think he's kind of like a mix between Nick Marshall and Jared Stidham as far as speed, and I think you might see him run the ball ten times uh, a game from here on out.
0: That is quite a, a gap between Nick Marshall.
2: And well, Stidham, Stidham could, could Stidham, move Stidham a little. Could, could move a little bit, and Nick Marshall is just super fast. Yeah. We all know that. Yeah. Um, I think he's one of the best option quarterbacks to, to come through college football the last 25, 30 years, and I think he's very underrated. Um, he was extremely smart, but I mean, you know, <clears throat> you know, everybody looks at a uh, Auburn's backup quarterback Joey Gatewood as the runner. Um, which is interesting because Bo Nix is actually faster than Joey Gatewood yeah. um, it's just that Joey Gatewood's got that size that everybody wants to compare to Cam Newton or whatever but Nix can scoot and we, we've seen that
0: Nix has been the story of, of the season so far for Auburn but when you, when you watch them play they're doing a lot of things well especially you said, defensively I think Whitlow has played really well his receivers have, have stepped up I, is he really the story of this season or is it more a, a team effort with what, what Auburn's doing this year
2: you know, I think it's a team effort with the undertone of a growing quarterback. Um, he's still got a lot of stuff he's got to improve, but he's he's making the right reads on the zone read stuff in the run game. Um, they're expanding the the passing concepts for him. For example, Auburn rarely runs slants, and they ran two, um, and, and to great success, including a touchdown, against Texas A&M. And that's really... Bo Nix's strength he, he's not a great passer down the field in high school he was just a guy that could hit every route and then maybe sometimes hit a deep route but that's not his strength and he's missed five passes oh he's just overthrown five passes in the last two weeks including three against A&M if he hits two of those three which easily should have been ha- happened because they were wide open that game would have should have been a blowout but um that's the that's the thing it's like the defense is playing great. They're great on run de- rush defense. The offense is doing what it can. The running game has really picked up steam. But Bo Nix is the guy that, one, he delivered him, of course, that, that touchdown pass to beat Oregon. But he's still progressing. He's still learning. And more than anything, he's just got the poise, and nothing really frustrates him. And that's because... He, you know his dad's patrick nix he's a former auburn quarterback a former college coordinator and he coached his son as the high school head coach for his entire career so this kid has been coached practically by a college coordinator his entire life really and so he understands the ins and outs the pressure and all of that and it's really really helped him more than anything else whether it's mechanics or technique more than anything he's just mentally ready for big games
0: one player I like to watch in the Auburn offense is Anthony Schwartz. You know, great speed, yeah. but he looks like he's developing a little bit too and becoming a, more than just a you know a guy who can run downfield and get behind people. Is he the X factor for this offense?
2: Yeah, man. Um, th- this team going into the season, I thought their 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 identity would be, hey, let's take advantage of our speed, let's go on the outside and then go inside when things kind of open up there and. They weren't able to do that the first two, three weeks because Schwartz is recovering from hand surgery. He had August 5th. He's played in every game, but they were limiting him because they didn't want him to get hit and all that, so they put him in special situations. The AM game was really the first time they put him out there and just said, we're going to target you. We're going to run some plays. You're going to get tackled, but we feel okay with your hand right now and the way it's progressed. And, uh, of course, he had that 57-yard touchdown run on the very first possession He's got world-class speed, man. He, he might be an Olympian uh, someday. That's his that's his hopes. That's his dreams. A lot of the coaches around him in high school and even in college now believe he can do it as a world-class sprinter, and, and Sean Shivers is another guy they have. He's a smaller running back, but he's super quick, and as I mentioned, Bo Nix adds a different dimension when they run the zone read. Um, he's very fast. I, I think he's, uh, uh, when you see him Saturday running, you're going to go, wow, I'd that's a little faster than I thought. And, and that's the same thing I thought when I first saw him in uh, the state championship game in high school last year. I was like, wow, he runs very well. Why is, is Auburn going to be running more of like a Nick Marshall offense this season? And sure enough, it seems like they're getting to that point. They're starting to do a little bit more of that going forward because not only do they have Bo Nix, with some speed but man they've got a lot of pieces that are very fast on this offense at the skill positions
0: it's interesting to hear you talk about Bo Nix and his ability to run when he was the nation's number one dual threat
2: quarterback from 24-7 yeah is yeah. Isn't that, that surprising isn't that weird yeah I mean and that's the thing it's like even guys like me and, and team guys and other people they just assume man it's just great arm strength great technique great great foot placement Shoulders squared, just does all these great things, delivers great passes. Oh, yeah, he he runs the ball, too. And it's because in high school, I mean, he he ran, sure, but he just put up ridiculous numbers throwing the ball. And I think it takes people to see him actually running the ball to realize how good he is doing so. And um, just because he put up gaudy numbers throwing the ball. Usually a dual-threat guy, they're not – they're they're not putting up gaudy throwing numbers and then you know mixing it in with the run game or whatever i mean because you know listen Bo was like you know he wasn't a guy that was rushing for a thousand yards or 900 yards in high school he's like a 400 yard guy and he's probably going to do that again here on the college level but man those 400 yards make all the difference uh at the quarterback position nowadays and uh mississippi state fans should know that better than anybody with the great dual threats they've had with dak prescott and nick fitzgerald and now, I, I believe, with Garrett Schrader, um, who could g- really grow into something special for for the Bulldogs.
0: Let's look at this game from a season ago. I think you know, upset is the right word. I saw Malzahn's press conference, and he used the word embarrassed, and State dominated that game. Uh, now, the defense is, is obviously long gone, and, and I think Auburn's going to be successful running the football, which they weren't a season ago, but State rushed the ball for 350, almost 400 yards in this yeah. game a season ago. What, just coming back coming back to what you remember from that game, how was State so successful in the run game against Auburn? And, and are there things that you see from this Auburn defense that make you think if, if they're not careful, State could do something like that again?
2: Yeah, I, I think it all goes back to the quarterback and what you're able to do with the quarterback and running the football. Uh, I think that changed things quite a bit in that game last year. I mean, Fitzgerald broke all kinds of records. I can't even remember what records he broke in that game. But that, that opened things up quite a bit, and it tired Mississippi, or excuse me, Auburn against Mississippi State because Mississippi State's offense was on the field for a while, but also Auburn's defense was on the field for a while because Auburn's offense couldn't get a first down. And Mississippi State's defense was incredible in stopping Auburn, and it just all added up. Um, Auburn was tired or worn out, and you talk about, Gus Malzahn really saying they're embarrassed. This is one of the more animated press conferences I've seen from Gus Malzahn the last six years. Um, he is really, really hyper focused on this game because I was talking to him after the press conference. He says we got not, we got embarrassed. He, of course, he said he said he says I got out coached. We all got out coached. We got to do a better job. This game is super serious to us. We have got to get a win. But also, I think, you know, he didn't say it, but you could just tell from the actions and the way he's reacting, they really, really want to beat Mississippi State after the way that happened last year, because that was embarrassing to him, it was embarrassing for Auburn with the way they were just dominated in that game, and really, that was the game that was the turning point to the season for Auburn, and things started going south, and this is at a point now in the season where you're approaching the midway point, and Auburn's got they got to go to Florida next week. Yeah. Uh, they've still got Georgia. They've still got LSU. They've still got Alabama. They they can't afford to lose games against unranked teams, even though a Mississippi State team is a borderline top 25 team right now. And if not for the Kansas State loss and all the turnovers they had in that game, would be a top 25 team easily.
0: Yeah, we would be 230 game, I think, if uh... – Yeah, I think so, too. And it's interesting, you know, you talk about the schedule. This is a classic trap game. I mean, it's between two road games at ranked opponents. I mean, everything, you know, I I get why Malzahn would be focused on this because this is one of those games where if you lose focus, and Mississippi State's had success. You know, they won over there in 2015. And this this, this rivalry is not very one-sided. It's been pretty balanced over the past
2: couple of years. This is match point this decade. It's, uh, it really is, it's five, yeah. Four. It's 5-4. It hasn't been this competitive since the 90s. Is it 5 four and those Auburn? Two... Yeah, uh, Auburn? Okay. Yeah, 5-4 Auburn. And if Mississippi State wins, it's a tie. And if Auburn wins, I, I call it match point. But, yeah. you know, That's it's crazy. the 90s and the teens here are the most competitive by far this rivalry's been. Otherwise, it's just been dominated by one or the other. Yeah. And uh, it's a credit to, obviously... The coaching staffs and what Dan Mullen did there when he was there, and uh, and then of course as Joe Moorhead picked back up and just absolutely thrashed Auburn last season.
0: Right. Beyond the obvious answers like don't turn it over and, and things like that, what's what's the what's the key to an Auburn victory?
2: Don't turn it over and things like that. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um they they've got I think they've got to hit some of these uh deep passes they've been missing on and they've just got to run the ball effectively. But but the 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 matchup that really has my interest, which I'm sure is just obvious, is Auburn's defensive front against Mississippi State's O line and Kylan Hill and the quarterback running the ball. They have got to slow that down unlike they were able to do last season. And Kylan Hill is incredible. He's leading the SEC in rushing. Everybody knows that. Um, Could be a home run hitter. And Auburn's rush defense you know, is among the best in the nation right now. Um, They allowed 56 rushing yards last week at Texas A&M on the road. And two of those run plays covered uh, I'm trying to put it in my head here. Um Thirty-five yards. Two of those run plays were thirty-five yards. One was on a third and thirty run play, so they gave it up, and then one was a thirteen-yard run that ended in a fumble that Auburn recovered, and then they end up scoring. Wow. So they just absolutely dominated Texas A&M in the trenches, and they've been doing it to every team this season. And uh, I think this is going to be their toughest test yet. Not necessarily because maybe Mississippi State's offensive line is better than Oregon's, because I think Oregon's offensive line was really good but kylan hill and a running quarterback changes everything and and auburn hasn't quite faced a team like that offensively and i'm I'm, i wonder how auburn reacts
0: we'll find out on saturday six uh six thirty first kick is that first kick
2: kick i think it's i think it's
0: six six. i can never remember i'll be there i don't have to worry about it i'll figure (laughs) it out so brendan marcello from uh auburn undercover 24 7 side thanks man always appreciate you joining me thanks brian all right. Thanks to Brandon for his time. We appreciate it. I, I did get a kick, and I, if you, when you listen to the interview, you'll hear it. Of uh, everybody's so surprised that Bo Nix is such a good runner, and I'm just like, he was the number one dual threat in the country. Why? Why are we surprised he was? He's a good runner. He seems like he should have been a good runner. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know why it's such a surprise. But he's. They. They. They feel like he has given them that added dimension, and that's that's a big deal because against a bad run defense. The idea that you know there's an extra guy, you know, what Moorhead always talks about—the advantage the quarterback gives yeah. you in the run game—that's a that's a, that's a scary thing for Mississippi State. They've got to be able to to handle that Auburn count zone. for that. Yeah, I count I c- for that number exactly. Um,
1: I don't know, you talk about being surprised at Bo and how good he can run the football. I think maybe that's just a freshman thing. You don't expect maybe freshmen to
0: yeah to make possibly. the right
1: decisions and reads as much and things. But State's got too, one though. too, so yeah. I don't know. Part of me, from a storyline perspective would like to see Schrader start this game for State just so you can get the freshman versus the
0: freshman a little bit. That's something to watch, too. you got the two best freshman quarterbacks, maybe not just in the, in the SEC, maybe in the country, going at each other this weekend if, if you get Schrader to start this game. And, yeah, it does give you a glimpse of what these, this, this rivalry will be in the future. Yeah, I mean, you, you could
1: see four years of Schrader versus
0: Knicks. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if that happens. But
1: uh, that, that would be must-see TV. You know, for me, even if I even if I wasn't a state or an Auburn fan, to have two young guys that have kind of really burst onto the national scene already, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I I don't know that that ESPN. Well, I'm sure they care, but uh, that may be a highly rated game if people think like me.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it would have been the CBS game if if State had just beaten Kansas State. No question about that. I think
1: it should still be the CBS game. It probably should
0: be. Real quick. I want to talk about that just real quick because we talked about it before the show. I want to make sure if you missed this on Sports Talk Mississippi yesterday, Ole Miss is a 35.5-point underdog in this game, which uh, I saw Nate Gabler, who uh, covers the Ole Miss for the Oxford Eagle. That's the largest spread in Ole Miss history that they've been an underdog. But Ole Miss is a bigger – this is a conference game. They're a bigger underdog to Alabama than Florida is against – our bigger – yeah, then Towson is FCS team against Florida, and I saw. You know, I, I love talking about Brian CTP and his gambling. He's doing really, really well this year. Um, he's, he made a good point. He's like, "How do you bet a SEC team as a thirty-five and a half point underdog? How do you bet against that?" But at the same time, how do you bet on Matt, how do you bet on Ole Miss and Matt Luke? I don't know. That's the I would not touch that game with. I think Ole Miss is going to lose by like 40 points, but I still wouldn't touch it. I would just be like, eh, and they'll sit this one out. Yeah. That's crazy. State is a. I think it's up to 12 now. I, I would feel confident taking state in the points. I think state's going to lose this game. I'm not going to give away my prediction, but I think they're going to lose between 7 and 10. I think it's going to be a tight game, but Auburn will make that extra play, and the home field advantage will be a little too much to overcome. But again, I won't be completely surprised if state wins the game.
1: And, and, You mentioned again that home field advantage, and I know I brought it up being at Auburn and everything else. But aside from all that, and Moorhead has been asked this, and some of the players have been asked this repeatedly this week. Don't forget that last year, State really struggled at times to compose itself on the road as far as like penalties and things like that. I mean, and you might have a situation where if Garrett's the quarterback, you got a freshman QB out there. I mean, this could be penalty city for State. Yeah. On Saturday night. I, I don't know. It's going to impress me if it's LSU not. LSU
0: had the same thing. I think he got back-to-back false starts to start that game. It was just bad. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Um, bears watching. Yeah, Kentucky
0: was terrible on the road last year. Yeah. It, Alabama. Well, it's just Alabama. Alabama's Alabama. This is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, it's worth watching. You know, does Moorhead have, you know, because they didn't have a, a handle on discipline last week so much. So, you know, are they going to be better at that this week, this week and this year? This is the first real test of that, and we'll see what happens. All right. Tomorrow's show, we'll preview this game a lot more, and we'll give you our, our playmaker and our predictions uh, for Mississippi State versus Auburn. So tune in for that, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on SuperCall Mississippi.
2: Let you live a little bit with the pain And I bring. You know it's only the beginning. because so 'cause you're the next one in line for the kill. You don't believe it, but I'm betting that you will. Stop now! I'll let you live a little bit with the pain And I bring. You know it's only the beginning. Stop breaking the limit inside.